What a joy it is to welcome the treble chorus from Franklin County High School and uh, Ray Hurley, under the direction of Ray Hurley, who does an outstanding job at the program there. We're glad you all are here. Thank you for leading us so beautifully this morning. As they're making their way up on stage, we're going to talk about the candle of peace. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there's hatred, let your love increase. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Walls of pride and prejudice shall cease when we are your instruments of peace. The Baker family is coming to light the candle this morning. John and Devin and Kaylee and Ellie, thank you all for lighting the candle and reminding us of God's beautiful peace this morning as we light the candle and as we concentrate on that during our worship today. here today. Thank you for joining us for worship today. If you're a guest, we welcome you and remind you that as a first-time guest, there's a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. Just pick up one of those bags and there's a gift inside and some other information if you'd like to have that. We'd love to share that with you, but we are glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all who joined us by live stream this morning. We welcome you. And of course, we welcome everybody else that's in the sanctuary today. And we pray that you feel God's peace and his presence as we worship him. Take a moment to greet those around you and then we'll join in singing. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Mary said, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. You join as we continue in worship together.
Thank you. you. May be seated. What a great day this is to be in the Lord's house. And ladies, thank you all so much for already leading us so beautifully. And can't wait to hear the rest of your songs. But thanks for being here today, Amy. Thank you. And Franklin County High School Girls Chorus, thank you for coming to share part of your Christmas season with us here at the Forts. I'd like to give a special welcome to any guests that we have. I know we have some parents and grandparents, some proud parents and grandparents of these young ladies, and I know uh, they are uh, using their talents in a beautiful way, and I'm so grateful that every week there is a time where we can humble ourselves before an almighty God and be lifted up. We believe in the power of prayer, and I guarantee you on every pew and in every chair, there's someone who's struggling with something, whether it's hurt or depression or battling temptation or some sin or maybe it's loneliness but all of us are going through something but know that God can meet our need wherever we are and whatever we're going through God is greater I'm so grateful we have a time where we can come and pray and we have an altar here where you can kneel or you can pray from where you are or you can stand however the Holy Spirit leads you I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. We can feel your mighty power and your grace. Oh God, thank you for being a faithful, loving, and patient, understanding God. Thank you, Father, that you can meet all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And God, we come today with grateful hearts, thankful hearts, for every good and perfect gift that comes from you. Father, we thank you for the greatest gift this world has ever known when you sent your son Jesus into the world in the form of a tiny baby who would grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man and then would go to an old rugged cross to die for our sins. How could we ever repay you and thank you enough but Lord one of the ways we can do that is by having a personal relationship with you by praying to you by singing praise to you and Father we're grateful for this girls chorus here today and we pray your blessings upon them Lord not only as they sing here this morning but I believe they're going to sing in Lexington later this afternoon. Bless them. God, use them as instruments of your peace and love and, and bless uh, Amy, Lord, as she leads. And Father, we just pray for others who are gathered at this altar or in this place or those watching on live stream that maybe are hurting or grieving or struggling with addiction or depression or anxiety or fear. Lord, we pray that you would just comfort them and deliver them and save them, we pray. Father, we pray a special prayer for Sharon and Glenn Dempsey and the loss of Sharon's mother, that you would be uh, bring comfort to them for Scott and Jeannie Herod and the loss of their great-grandbaby. May they feel your strength and your peace. Lord, I just pray that if there are folks here today that have never placed their faith and trust in you, that today might be the day of salvation, that a message would come to us through the beautiful music or through the proclamation of your word or through the power of your spirit, convict us and draw us closer to you. But God, we just ask now that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move through this service. May everything we say and do be glorifying to you, for it is in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to John chapter 14? And if you were here last week, I, I did a shout out for people that watch us on live stream. I shouted out to a family in South Dakota that watches every week. I shouted out to some folks in Florida, some relatives over in Harrodsburg and Mercer County. Well, when I started that, now I'm going to have to start doing it every week. Because I had a lady that came up and said, Linda Tabor wants a shout out in Texas. <laughs> so Linda, I'm shouting out to you today. Thank you for worshiping with us. And thank you all for being here to worship. If you have your Bible, we'll be reading just one verse out of John chapter 14, verse 27. And then these uh, young ladies are going to come back to share some more beautiful music. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
show our appreciation once again to these young ladies and Amy Hurley. One of our members said when you all were just practicing before the service, sound like angels were in here singing. So uh, thank you for doing such a beautiful job. And thank you for being here today and for watching on live stream. I always love to share a little humor because I think when we have a relationship with Christ, we should be the happiest people in the world, certainly the most joy-filled people in the world. And uh, I've got a little funny that if I had a quarter for every time my dad shared it, it I could build and pay for many churches. But uh, this is, this is uh, in honor of my dad. There was a couple named... Uh, Buford and Beulah, and Buford and Beulah were all the time bickering and fighting and couldn't get along, and to make matters worse, Beulah actually sang in the choir, and she would watch every Sunday her husband Buford sleep during the service. Beulah was a proud person, and it embarrassed her that old Buford, as soon as the service would start, and he would snore and start sleeping. And so she thought, I I'm going to get him, I'm going to fix him. So she got a little boy from the church, and, and she said, Son, could you do me a big favor? If I pay you $10, would you take this Limburger cheese, it's real smelly cheese, you take this Limburger cheese, and when old Buford falls asleep, I want you to wave it in front of his nose. You, you teach him this lesson, you help me out. Little boy was excited. He goes, ten dollars? Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. So sure enough, that next Sunday, there was O. Buford, Beulah sitting in the choir loft. She gave the sign to the little boy, the head nod. Little boy with the big grin on his face. He pulled out that smelly Limburger cheese, and he began to wave it under O. Buford's nose. Well, Buford kind of roused up, and he said, Beulah, get your feet off my pillow. <laughs> I guess that taught old Beulah don't mess with Buford <laughs> during his nap time. You know, several years ago, pastor, author Rick Warren did a Christmas mall survey to shoppers who were in the mall. And he asked this question, where would you like to see peace this Christmas? Where would you like to find peace this Christmas? And shoppers gave many different responses. One of the responses was, I'd like to see peace with my parents and with my ex and with my kids. Another shopper responded, I would like to see an end to all the political bickering on TV. Another responded, I would like to have peace in my mind and in my heart. Another responded, honestly, if we don't find peace soon, our marriage will end. And yet the last shopper said, I'd like to see peace everywhere. Many years ago, Thomas Jefferson defined peace as that brief, glorious moment in history when everyone stands around reloading. And we're living in a day and time where we need peace. I spoke with someone recently that said that their family is under attack right now and they are having so much turmoil and fighting going on in their family. Even said many times, going to church, there's even a world war on the way to church. And maybe we can all agree with that. Sometimes we wonder why someone didn't say hello or speak to you at church. It's maybe because they've just been able to wring someone's neck in the car with them, and they don't feel like maybe talking once they get here. But the fact is, our world is in chaos. Our world is in great turmoil. But I'm so grateful that Jesus came into the world to bring peace. 
But not only did he bring peace when he came in in the form of a tiny baby, but Jesus would grow. And you all remember at age 33, Jesus would go to die on an old rugged cross to save us from our sin. But in our scripture passage today, we see Jesus in the upper room with his disciples. Remember, Jesus was teaching them and preparing them what it meant to be a servant of the Lord. He had just washed their feet and he had taught them humility. He had said in John 13, 34, and 35, a new command I give you, you should love one another as I have loved you. Therefore, love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. But not only did he teach them about love, and just as we have prepared this church for Christmas with the decorations, the trees, the lights, the beautiful music, but we too must have our hearts prepared. And Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for what was ahead. And what was ahead was the cross, the death that he would endure. And yet Jesus was trying to prepare them that they too would have to suffer. He said, look, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. And not only that, but he was trying to tell them some things that troubled them. He said, in a little while, you won't see me. But then, in a little while, you will see me. And he said, where I'm going now, you cannot go. But later, you will be able to come. It was troubling to them. They didn't understand. He was talking about the resurrection, that he was going to have to die, but then he would be resurrected back to life. And in this passage, Jesus shares with his disciples and us a way that we can be prepared for the days ahead and certainly prepared for Christmas. He said, peace, I leave you. And the first and greatest way we can prepare for Christmas is having a peace with God. To have a peace with God. And you say, oh, God and I, we're, we're okay, you know, we're good. Well, you remember it all started in the Garden of Eden when God put Adam and Eve in this beautiful paradise and he said, look, you can eat of any tree in this garden, but the tree in the middle is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat of it, you will surely die. And you all know the story. Adam and Eve were tempted by the devil in the form of an old serpent. And this is how close they were in their relationship with God. And when they ate that forbidden fruit, the relationship was broken. And then they were trying to figure out, after hiding from God, and I've shared that's where the first game of hide-and-seek took place when he went walking through the garden saying, where are you? He was saying, where are you in your relationship with me? And remember, that's when sin entered into the world. And believe it or not, we are considered God's enemies. We're all born with a sinful nature. When you read in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, it says, for while we were enemies to God. He reconciled us through Jesus the Son. To reconcile means to put an end to hostility. That means to be at peace. Now, look, God wasn't our enemy. We were his enemy when we disobeyed and when sin came into the world. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So none of us are perfect. All of us have made mistakes. And Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then Paul writes in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we are justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where that gap was when the relationship was broken, when Jesus died on the cross, it made a bridge so we could come back and have that relationship with God the Father the way he intended it from the beginning before we tried to do things our own way. I want to ask you this question today. Are you at peace 
with God. I can't tell you how many times through the years I have visited people in the hospital room, people on their deathbed and hospice care, people in a nursing home. I've visited with people for the very fact that I wanted to find out if they were in a peaceful place in their relationship with God. And I have to tell you, through the years, I've had a lot of different answers. I don't know. I hope so. Well, I, yeah, I, I believe I believe so. And just recently, I went to visit a shut-in. A shut-in is a person who is not physically able to get out. And uh, even their medical health care providers come in to visit them because they don't have the health to get out. People bring in the food, and they're a shut-in. And I went to see this person recently, and we small-talked and visited for a few moments, and then I got right to the heart of the matter. I asked this person, are you and the Lord in good standing? Yes, yes. I said, what I'm asking you, are you at peace with God? And they had a, a glow in their eye and a twinkle in their eye and said, Yes, I am. So if you were to die tonight, you know that you are at peace with God. Do you know James chapter 4 verse 14 says, Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist or a vapor that appears for a little while. And then, boom, we vanish, we're gone. In the grand scheme of things, life is but a mist or a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. But here's the good news. No matter how many times we've messed up, no, many, how many, no matter how many times we've sinned, God loves us and he forgives us. Isn't that great news? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that every person in this place could go to bed tonight and have peace with God, knowing that if something were to happen, heaven forbid, I would be in heaven for eternity with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the greatest decision any of us can ever make because it's the only one that lasts forever. Everything else is temporary, but a relationship with God is eternal. So I pray today that every person in this sanctuary, people watching, whether you're in Texas, South Dakota, Florida, or Harrodsburg, or Frankfurt, or Versailles, or Owenton, or Shelbyville, or Lawrenceburg, wherever, that you would be at peace with God. If this were it, I know I'm good. The Lord and I are in good standing. I'm at peace. Jesus said in verse 27, Peace I leave you, my peace. I give you. Secondly, not only do we need a peace with God, we need the peace of God. Now, when we accept Christ into our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. He is the one that Jesus was referring to when he said, peace I give you. The helper, the advocate, the counselor, the one who promises to be with us, to give us the strength to live for the one who is willing to die for you and for me. And some of us are here today, and we might have peace with God, but we don't have the peace of God, and we battle daily to find some kind of peace in our lives. Rick Warren, who I quoted earlier, shared from his book, The Purpose of Christmas, shared some common culprits that rob us of our peace. One, he said, was uncontrollable circumstances. That might be illness, unforeseen illness. It might be death. It might be laid off from work. And I'm sure he would have included, had it been written before a worldwide pandemic, that these are some uncontrollable circumstances. This is out of our control. And we have felt in these last couple of years things have been out of our control, haven't we? But yet, something else is sometimes 
when they're unchangeable people. That's another culprit. Those people who refuse to uh, go along with the plan of us changing them. You know, sometimes we pray for God to change this person, change my circumstance, change all these things when maybe we're the ones that need to change. Maybe we need to say, I'm the common denominator. I'm the one that needs to ask God through the power of his Holy Spirit to change me. But then another culprit is unexplainable problems. That's when life's not fair. How many of us could say today, life's not fair? I don't like the hand that's been dealt to me. And some of you are here today and you say, life, it's just not, it's not fair. My friend gets to do this. This person gets the glory. This person gets the raise. This person uh, gets the award. This person gets the starting position. This person gets all of it. Life is not fair. That's why Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we praise God today that we can have peace because Jesus said, it ain't going to be easy. Life's not going to be easy. It's not going to always be fair. But that's why we ask for his spirit. Instead of uh, feeling worry, we need to worship. Instead of panicking, we need to pray. And Paul gives the perfect remedy, antidote, for our worry and our fear and anxiety. And again, I can't tell you how many people through this last couple of years have called me adults, professionals, who you would think everything was going perfectly in their lives. They have dealt with unexplainable anxiety and fear. And I believe this pandemic has caused stress, anxiety, uh, fear, worry has been heightened. And we can't explain it always. But here's the verse. And if you want to memorize a, a good passage, this would be one. And Paul wrote this passage out of the book of Philippians when he was a prisoner for Jesus Christ. Paul wrote this book, really it was a letter of joy, but Paul said in verses 6 and 7 of Philippians chapter 4, and it would be good to remember, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Look, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling worried, when you're feeling afraid, do not be anxious. Pray and ask the Lord to strengthen you and help you and be thankful for what you do have and the peace of God that passes all of our understanding will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Beautiful passage. Commit it to memory. But then lastly, he said, peace I leave you. My peace I give you, and I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Lastly, not only do we need peace with God and the peace of God, we need peace with others. How many of you all are here today, and you're at odds with someone? A brother, a sister, a mom, a dad? a co-worker, a teammate, a friend, a neighbor. You're constantly at odds. Let me tell you this. You are never going to be at peace with anyone until you are first at peace with God. That's how it works. We get things right with him, and then he adds or gives all these other things unto us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things is what Matthew 6, says will be added or given unto you. But some of you are here today and you are at odds or not at peace with others. And I pray this Christmas season that you would make a wrong right. And as far as it depends on you to live at peace with everyone. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, because without holiness, no one will see God. In other words, we must be different, set apart, to have a pure heart. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, one of the Beatitudes says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The next uh, Beatitude, verse 9, says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Wouldn't you like to be labeled a peacemaker instead of a troublemaker? Wouldn't you like to bring one, be the one that comes into a situation and helps make it better instead of stirring the pot and making it worse? We are all called to be peacemakers. And Jesus came into the world. Remember when Isaiah prophesied about Jesus 700 years before he was born in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, said, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I pray today that each and every person here today would be at peace with God and at peace with one another. I want to close by sharing a story. I've shared with you all recently that years ago I had the opportunity to minister to a person that um, I got to know and was faithful to come. And they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I baptized them. I was humbled and honored to be a a part of their salvation story. And uh, through the course of time, they kind of dropped out of church to live in another community. And a few years ago, I got a message from them and shared with me that they were battling cancer. And I was sorry to hear this and wanted me to pray for them because it was pretty serious. So Bill actually went with me. We went over to visit this person and prayed with them and prayed with their family. And praise the Lord, a short time after that, I got a message all clear, cancer-free. We gave God the glory. Until recently, I was contacted by this person again, and the cancer has spread once again throughout their body. And they're struggling because the prognosis is not good. And uh, I've been texting back and forth, back and forth. And just this past week, they said, pray for me. I am enduring intense spiritual warfare and it's really hard for me i want to tell you all this the enemy is not your spouse it's not your son or daughter your brother your sister your classmate your teammate your teacher your coach the real enemy is satan and we are all in spiritual warfare look at ephesians 6 verse 12 for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the evil uh, spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. We know the real enemy is Satan. That's what 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so that's who the enemy is. And we have to do spiritual warfare. But I want to tell you what my friend said after saying, pray for me. You know, the second part of verse 27 says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do those words sound familiar? Jesus had just said that back in verse 1 of John 14 when he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. He was talking about heaven, eternal life. You know what my friend said at the end of their text after saying, pray for me, I'm going through this deep, dark, spiritual attack and battle the one who's battling the cancer 
Say, but I'm claiming John 14, 27. This passage that we just shared today. I'm claiming John 14, 27. That they would feel peace and would not let their hearts be troubled. And instead of trouble today, that's where our trust in God comes in. And I think about what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding because we can't figure out so many things on this side of eternity. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. I pray today if you're here and you've never made peace with God, what are you waiting for? We're not promised tomorrow. None of us, regardless of age, this crazy act again of violence there in Michigan, this student just this past week, innocent lives lost. None of us have the promise of tomorrow with this crazy lingering COVID and all the many different variants. We need to be prepared for our eternal life. And it's either eternal life or eternal death. And I don't know about you, but I choose the Lord. Because he promises life and life everlasting. Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian and you've grown stagnant in your faith and you've grown cold and insensitive and, and maybe you've just become a cynic and, and you're negative Nelly on everything, putting down this and the world's this and the world's that. We need some Christians who are on fire for Jesus who are not just wearing the name like a label, but living for him each and every day with their sleeves rolled up in the trenches to say, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ because he was not ashamed to die for me. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. Man, this, this is a wonderful church. I say it every week. It's not a perfect church. I have to tell you, I, I've struggled through this pandemic. I've missed, I mean, it's a good crowd today because we have this beautiful choir and many of your family members. But I have to tell you, I've struggled with the pandemic, not seeing people come back to church. Experts have said, we're not going to get a lot of people back. And some maybe have gone to other churches or doing other things. And, and I've lost sleep and I've tossed and turned and I've prayed and, and I've tried to claim Philippians 4, 6, and 7 and not to worry and be anxious. And my wife, my wife is not a yes man or woman. She, she speaks her heart and speaks the truth. And she said something that registered with me when I was talking about, she said, Todd, you're all the time calling our church a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting. She said, when somebody goes to a hospital, do we want them to stay forever? I went, hmm. Or do we want them to get well where they can move out and minister and share what God has done to others? And I said, that is a beautiful way to look at it, that maybe we're helping people get spiritually healthy, and then they're moving out to minister and mission work in other places, serving the Lord in some other capacity. I said, that's a great way to look at it. But selfishly, I'd love to see people come back to God's house to give him the glory and the honor that he deserves and to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I want to end by asking you how I started this message. Where do you hope to find peace this Christmas? I hope you look to find him in your heart as we pray together. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here, Lord, who have never made peace with you, God, we've lost so many during this season, wonderful men and women, and even tragically lost some young people. Lord, we don't understand all these things. We look as in a mirror dimly. We only know in part, but one day we'll know in full, even as we are fully known. Help us, oh God, today to do whatever we need to do 
to make peace with you. By confessing our sin, may we pray a simple prayer to get this eternal journey started to say, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, if someone prayed that prayer for the first time in minutes, I pray that they would not be ashamed to let someone else know, whether by coming forward here, if they're a member of another church, going forward, telling their pastor that they've accepted Christ and want to follow through with the waters of baptism as an act of obedience to wave the flag of freedom in Christ. Lord, maybe there are Christians here and they've grown stagnant and they've lost their zest and zeal and passion living for you. Rekindle the flame, God. We need more Christians who are sold out on fire for you instead of complacent and casual in their faith. And Father, what beautiful example can we set for our children and neighbors and co-workers if they see us living for you. Or Lord, maybe there are folks who have been looking for a church home and we are not perfect and certainly I'm not and it only takes you a second to find fault in me or even in this church, but there's no fault in Jesus Christ when we keep our eyes fixed upon you. So God, I pray today that whatever's going on in our lives, we would give it all fully over to you and experience that peace that passes all understanding in the strong name of Jesus I pray amen I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place we're going to sing a hymn of invitation or commitment it'd be my privilege to speak with you to pray with you about any decision but won't you come as we sing together being with us today. What a beautiful day. Ladies, thank you all again for doing a beautiful job. I think you're heading to Lexington, aren't you, to sing here in a few minutes. So good luck and God bless you as you go there. I hope and pray that you will come back and worship with us again real soon, even tonight.
At 6 o'clock, our children's choir will be coming to lead us in a beautiful Christmas program. You don't want to miss it. Don't forget Friday, or excuse me, Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we have our fellowship meal downstairs. We normally come up here for a prayer service at 6, but we're staying downstairs because we're having a business meeting. And so I hope that you will join us Wednesday. And then next Sunday will be our adult choir Christmas program and orchestra. I know you'll receive a blessing. You don't want to miss it. But thank you so much for being here today, allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. Hope you'll come back and worship with us. God bless you, Bill. If you would lead us in a song, and I'll do a closing prayer. Have a wonderful day. And before we pray, I failed to do something. Uh, this week, we had a couple of folks to join our church family, and uh, they are not coming forward, but Bob and Louise Roach, who are here to my right side, have become members of this church. And I know you want to pledge your love and prayers and support to the Roach family by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. So we welcome you all. Bless you all, and let's close with the word of prayer. God, thank you for your presence in this place. I pray, God, that each of us would leave here with peace in our hearts, and we would be inspired to go share that peace with others. In Jesus' name, amen.